Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Green. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. Hey everyone, Charlie Butters here, and this week we're going to have a special interview with Matt the Mouth, aka Action Wrestling CEO Matt Griffin. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. I'm sitting here with a beer. I got a Mick Ultra, so you know I'm going hardcore at it tonight, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm pretty chill. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I had a nice day uh, with some family, and it was a nice day o- overall. So same same we are taping this on uh father's day after all yes <laughs> so it was uh I, and i i had a I had a nice day with with the fam and uh i've been traveling for and doing a lot of wrestling stuff so it's nice to have a day where it's just i hate going out on holidays for like to go out to dinner and go out to eat because it's just so so packed and full mm-hmm. so it's nice to be able to stay home and relax which i don't get to do very often yeah, it seems like uh, everything, there's an influx. Uh, I was at AIW on Friday night, and all the bars, when we came out at like 10 o'clock when the show was done, the bars were so packed that there was people like illegally parked everywhere in the flats. And like, I've never seen it that packed before, uh, before COVID. So it's like everybody's kind of like back to trying to get back to normal. And then they're just everybody's out and about now. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a, uh, interesting time but you know that's that's good we can only we can just try to get back to the way everything was as best as possible and still try to be safe yeah and such so i hope aiw was uh was fun oh it's always a blast it's they're my home promotion and uh i i had a great time a lot of my friends uh actually some friends from georgia came up and some friends from new york came in and i got to meet them in person for the first time uh we've really bonded over the pandemic through uh, a mutual discord that we're in and uh it was just it was really nice to be able to to meet them and hang out with them and just um get get together and just be normal for once and, and not have to worry about everything and good and make sure you plug action to the uh, Georgia friends. <laughs> oh, oh uh, he actually gave me some questions to ask at the end uh, because he had some questions about some wrestlers. So, uh, oh, good. Yes. So he had some ideas. Like- he, he wanted to bounce some names off you. Good. I like that. Speaking of though, uh, have you started going to the movies yet? Have you been out to the theaters again yet? I got to see Peter Rabbit two yesterday as we as we talk. <laughs> nice all right uh the only other movie i've seen is last year uh a crew of us um with some wrestling people like my ace videographer jose um morgana moon aka ravenna vane um and uh, a few friends we went and saw a uh 40th anniversary special of the uh friday the 13th oh that's awesome and that's that's the only other time that I've been to the theater. Um, and it was uh, a little weird. I mean, we're sitting wearing masks, but you know, Friday the 13th is not a long movie. No. Um, it seems, it seems long and it's actually, it actually is long because it's packed out. What, sitting in a the theater, I realized I'm like, man, they put so much extraneous stuff in just to run the, to make the runtime a little bit longer. <laughs> the, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm not in a, I'm not an original Friday the 13th fan. I, I'm nostalgic for it, but it's not a good movie. 
No, yeah, I, I have to. Usually, I think I go to part six or part seven is my favorite. Uh, it's usually the one I throw on if I'm going to watch a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, six was what a lot of you know. Six is what, a, of course, a lot of people really dig with the. Uh, it's hysterical. I I think that may be my favorite opening sequence of everything with a lightning strike. <laughs> um, gosh, well, you know, the funny part is my my go to the one that I always seem to find on the TV the most was five, and you know that's where you know where Tommy is. Uh, you know, Corey Feldman right. and, you know, Jason's coming after him and they wake up and it's Tommy Jarvis and then that's it. There's actually no more Jason in the rest of the movie or there's no Jason Voorhees in the rest of the movie. And that always felt so weird to me. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. They, those movies were all so different. And, and so I don't know, like I, I watching them, like I never watched horror movies when I was a kid. I, I was definitely afraid of them. Like, scared to death of them couldn't watch them like my cousin had a freddy krueger cut out in the basement and my cousins locked me in there one time with it and uh oh. I, just, I could never i could never bring myself to watch them I, as i got older started like kind of watching stuff like i like scream i watched scream for the first time and on like home video with my mom thought it was awesome really liked it and then like started dabbling and stuff i'm so and, old i saw scream in the theater <laughs> I, I saw a frame in the theater with a bunch of Marines and we were drunk. <laughs> I bet that was a lot of fun. That was a trip. Cause I remember saying early on, I'm like, uh, what, what is it? Uh, uh, Drew Barrymore. And it's like, Oh, he's in the house. I remember saying that out <laughs> loud in the movie theater. He's in the house because you know, she goes outside, blah, blah, blah. Nope. That was, uh, my mom was like all excited for that movie because she liked Drew Barrymore and then she got killed in the first couple of minutes. She's like, what the hell? Oh my God. That's, oh my God. That's how they do it though. They got gotcha. you. That was good. Um, it was great. It's very, it's very psycho. Like, you know, Janet Lee was a big star and then she's got just a couple real scenes and then she's dead. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, it's a, it's a total swerve, which I like because I, I absolutely hate going into films knowing what's coming. It drives me nuts. Yeah. I think that's the problem with a lot of like, um, of these remakes and stuff like that now is they try to do too much like fan service with certain stuff. So you like you, like when I went and saw the remake of Friday the 13th, like I kind of had a feeling of what was coming throughout it. And like, they did a good job with a lot of stuff. I love that the opening credits was the mom, uh dying and him seeing it and then like they cut to like a whole like him just killing a, a bunch of counselors and then it cutting to another group i thought it was really well done uh i liked that they how they did that one probably the most out of all the remakes that and the texas chainsaw massacre remake that was like the one of the first movies i saw in theaters and like that was a horror movie and i was oh it was so good i i really like thinking of them instead of um, as, uh, instead of as remakes, I really like thinking of them as reimaginings because, you know, uh, you can do different things. Neither the living dead and dawn of the dead, I think are the two most obvious because the original night of the dead living dead, you have Barbara who's completely catatonic, uh, at a very early point in the film. And then, you know, she gets, to, you never see her die. You see her taken out of the house. Um, she gets lifted and taken out of the house. And then in the 1990 version, uh, she becomes a badass. 
they mm-hmm. cast her with uh, as uh, they cast Patricia Tallman, who is she also had a really cool uh, guest star role on a Star Trek Next Generation and uh, a film and she or uh, episode, and she was uh, pretty much a badass. It, and the ending was completely different. So it was it was cool. It was yes, it's the same concept, but it was a different movie. And with the Dawn of the Dead, which was what oh four or oh five, mm-hmm. the I think it was oh four. The only real thing. Yeah, the only thing that was this, I remember making a, a girlfriend go to see it, and I think she absolutely hated me after that. Um, but the only thing that that one had was the same location. It was a mall. I mean, the story was basically 100% completely different. Right. Which which is great. I mean, I've already seen the movie. I don't need to see it again. I mean, you know, there's a reason the Gus Van Sant remake of Psycho didn't work. Yeah, I... Uh... I saw that version of Dawn of the Dead before I ever saw the originals. And I went back and watched like Dawn and Day and Night. And I, I love the originals so much more than anything. Like, I like Fast Zombies. Those are scary to me. But I feel like the overall better films are the the original Romero ones because those were just, I really like those. I liked a lot of the stuff that he did with them. Uh, I like that they're a longer film, that kind of thing. I just, I really liked those so much more than the newer stuff as far as the, the zombie stuff, how it kind of came about and got real big. And so I, it, it sucks that there's not a, a good place to get a, a good physical copy of Dawn now. Like they have, a, there's a version on YouTube you can watch. That's like the extended director's cut, which thank God, because it, there you literally, it costs so much money to get a physical copy right now. And like, I know there's a company overseas that's doing, blu-ray versions of it and they'll but and they'll work over here but it's like i don't want to spend all the extra money on shipping and everything it's ridiculous really i did not know that was an issue yeah it's one of those ones it's just like it's not printed anymore so i don't know if it's like a rights issue like kind of like with dogma where it's it's held up and just we'll never see it again probably or if you know once somebody whoever has the rights decides to you know do a deal and get it released over here but but there is a copy out there on youtube for free so i had a vhs copy but who knows whatever happened to that (laughs) i uh yeah that that's that's uh, but i had a vhs copy long ago but they had so many issues with the original night of living dead obviously so um yeah they i wonder if that's tied in with that i did not know there was issues with the original but I like I liked the I mean I like Ving Rhames a lot. I thought that the uh, reimagining was was really good. Yeah, for for being my first like maybe not my first. I remember the original Night of the Dead watching it on TV. Uh, my dad put it on one time, and I really I really liked it. But um, being my real first like zombie movie when I was like just in high school, like just getting out of high school around that time. So like it was I was actually getting into horror movies and like watching everything and that being able to see that uh for the first time was i, I liked that version but like I, I feel like they had a sad ending with it and like at least in the <laughs> the sad ending that they did in dawn was like um uh, i think they did it they had two different versions of the ending and they ended up doing the one where like they got away but like i guess the original ending was supposed to be like the the uh, helicopter ran out of gas and they were stuck there so they were they, they weren't getting away so i mean i always feel like they should have i mean they're horror movies they don't need to have you know good endings or at least give us an ambiguous ending like the original night of the living dead had all right you know 
as it didn't have a uh, the Walking Dead type of ending where humanity is basically destroyed and people, you know, they they've got control of it on the next morning. But then your hero that you've been watching gets shot in the head because they don't realize he's not a zombie. Right. I mean, that's kind of like the uh, the mist when they did that. Like I remember, like thinking that movie was going to be awesome, and then the ending of that movie just oh man killed me i couldn't believe it that was that was probably one of my like favorite like twist endings that they ever did i thought it was great i don't know i just want them to be uh i just like for there to be creativity as long as there's creativity and everything uh can eventually make sense and i'm probably pretty good with it i'm excited to see what they do with the candy man uh the new candy man i just watched the the first one for the first time like two weeks ago and in, in, in full i've seen bits and pieces uh throughout like the last 20 years but like i actually sat down and watched the whole thing and uh oh i'm really excited to see you you'd never seen candy man for the longest time i had never seen it wow I'd, I'd seen bits i'd seen like the first like maybe half hour and obviously he's not in it for like the first like almost hour of the film so like i was like I sat and watched like a half hour of it. I'm like, this is boring and turned it off. Well, my aunt wanted to watch it one day. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll put it on. So I put it on for, her, and we just sat there and I actually sat and was like watching the whole thing and actually got into it and was like, okay, this isn't so bad. So like, I'm really excited to see what they do with this, this new one. Cause I think they could do some cool stuff with it. Oh man. I, I'm excited to see what they do. I have, uh, the last several years, uh, I, I saw one ad some time ago for Candyman, but I really, really try to avoid trailers, especially if I've already decided I like the movie. Mm-hmm. I really don't read spoilers, but I'm excited with it because I was a huge fan. Uh, I, I loved Tony Todd as an actor. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think he's just one of those great character roles, you know, like we were just talking about the Night of the Living Dead 1990 version, and he made that, he made that so good. Mm-hmm. He had great uh great roles in star trek next generation what is it about horror movies in the 90s that leads you to star trek the next generation um you know as as a klingon uh candy man is candy man is good it was creepy it was uh yeah i i'm 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 real fired up to see the see the uh the remake and see how see what they do with it I think it was interesting. Like it touched on a lot of social issues that uh, I think it was just kind of like glossed over by a lot of people um, for its time. And I feel like now with how much people are into like social issues and that kind of thing, I think that it'll speak uh, if they do similar things, I think that they could really speak uh, to a lot of people and like really touch on a lot of that. And like, it's weird how much uh, like movies and stuff and TV shows have actually taught me about um, black history because like we weren't taught a ton of it in school. So like learning about the Tulsa race massacre, I I, I literally had to learn that from Watchmen. Like I I never heard anything about it until then. And to, to see that and go really, and then like literally go to the Wikipedia page and read about it and then like find other stuff and read about it. It's, it's crazy. Like, and to know that there was people that were still alive from it, uh, that witnessed it up until like a couple years ago. It's crazy. It's it's on unf- it's unfortunate that you have to, but I I do I do like the fact that that there are lots of shows and movies who have uh, tried to educate about social issues like that. 
Um, it's it's unfortunate that it's necessary, but you know, there's only so much we can do. Um, you know, as a promoter wrestling myself, I obviously uh, anyone who watched my shows knows that uh, no matter what uh, race your your sexuality your gender is, none of those things matter if you as long as you have actual wrestling talent. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that you know independent wrestling has really gone in that way. Uh, where it's where it just matters that you're a good wrestler. I like that uh, I've been into horror movies and thrillers for my whole life, and that it's that it's something that you can. There are a lot of social issues addressed. You know, the the, the Romero films are uh, rife with them, mm-hmm. and me and maybe sometimes it's people reading too much into something that isn't there. But um, I st- I think that still can be valid. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot of stuff you can read into with films. And, like, the great thing about films is, like, you can either read into it a lot and pick up on those things or just go in and just enjoy it for what it is and not pick up on anything. It all depends on how you want to view the film. So, I, I and, and the, recently I've really learned to, like, kind of, like, watching stuff back from, like, that I've never paid attention to before and, like, noticing little things. And it's really interesting how, like, they, they're able to fit certain stuff in there like that. Well, creative, and and I've been reading a lot of I've been reading a lot of comic books lately. And when you read certain stories that are interwoven over you know years and realistically decades, uh, you you realize how creative that some creators can be, uh, regardless of the medium. Yeah, com- and that's comics are, and that's very cool. So great! Like I love everything that they've been doing, uh, even with like tv and mixing it in with like the movies and just there's so much stuff it's so great yeah it's uh it's uh it's nice and i like the fact that i'm doing uh i'm i'm still into a lot of the same stuff that i was as a kid as a a teenager uh you know i'm still reading some of the same comic books i'm still watching some of the same uh genre of movies and i'm still playing uh i'm still playing nintendo (laughs) <laughs> i love the fact that we grew up we got to grow up sort of in the era of where like uh, all the stuff we kind of grew up with as kids is like back around and is popular again and like the like the x-men the animated series was my favorite thing as a kid like i had all the x-men toys like that was my favorite thing in the world and like for a long time like i really didn't think about it and i got into wrestling and other stuff and uh but like in the last like uh, I don't know, 15 years, like it really has come back around and like I started collecting stuff again and just really getting into the X-Men and, and, and Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's really cool to be able to, as an adult, like talk to other adults about this stuff and not just have it be this weird hobby that you don't get to talk to anybody about because you know, it's not like a popular thing. Like it's so popular, even like people that would have never watched the stuff, you know, 20 years ago are all into it now. So Yes. I mean, you know, uh, in the early nineties or late eighties, early nineties, you know, comic book movies were, uh, a little bit different featuring <laughs> some of the same characters, you know, I mean, Punisher was played by Dolph Lundgren, which was a movie as a, uh, as a kid, I watched several times cause I got a, I got a dub of it. Um, but, uh, you know, the Captain America movie was very low rent and didn't make the theaters. And of course the Roger Corman, fantastic four that, <laughs> that was made literally just to be made. Uh, my favorite was the, uh, incredible Hulk TV series. 
I used to watch that and I used to watch the reruns of the Batman um, series from the, was it the sixties? Uh, Adam right. West. And, yes. Uh, the Adam Bird West. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch those like they, you would run them like you, most days it was one episode, but sometimes they do a double episode and I'd watch those when I'd get home from school on an old, like uh, black and white TV in my dad's room and uh, <laughs> loved them, loved them. Still, like I watched, I recently went through and rewatched them all. And thought they were still great. Like they, they're so cheesy and fun. And uh, but that just like those. And then I remember specifically like watching The Incredible Hulk every week. I and I didn't understand how like TV shows worked. Like there were seasons and stuff. I didn't understand that. I just didn't understand why. Like eventually, I couldn't watch it the next week because it wasn't on. And that used to upset me so much as a kid. And then I remember there was a Spider-Man series that was on sci-fi for like, I think they only had like two episodes or something. It was something super cheesy and like his rope, his webbing was made out of a rope. And it was like the worst thing I've like now looking back on as the worst thing I've ever seen. But like as a kid, it was the coolest thing ever because like live action Spider-Man. Well, we've, I, we've been uh, spoiled for so long. I remember, oh gosh, probably like Wizard Magazine reading about uh, all sorts of aborted attempts to create a Spider-Man movie. And um, that's something I haven't thought of in probably 20 something years, but it went through all these failed uh, chances and different ideas that had leaked out about what the plot was going to be. And, you know, it's, we've got to a point where we're just simply spoiled, Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird that just about just about any movie you want to see is is find is able to be found. Just about any wrestling match that's out there can be found, and you don't have to wait. You know, pay twenty bucks for a tape. Yep. And then and then wait for it to come in. Yeah, like I remember in a Wizard magazine, they had like their fan casting for like the X Men and who they wanted to play the X Men, and I think they only got like one or two of the people right. I think they they picked Charles Xavier right, and I think they picked somebody else. But everybody else they had was like way off base. But it was uh, I'll never forget seeing X Men in the theater. That was like one of my favorite moments as a kid. Like that was that that really sold me on uh, like the X Men, like being a fan of them and and watching all those movies again. And even even though when they got terrible and like people really hated uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, I still stand by enjoying that film. Like yeah, Deadpool wasn't Deadpool, but. He was the Deadpool, and I still love so much about that film. I don't care. Like, I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He'll be my Wolverine. I'm excited to see who they cast to replace him, but at the same time, like, Hugh's always going to be my Wolverine. He was the guy for all them years. I mean, it's it's generally going to be whoever, you know, the first one is. I mean, I still think of Roger Moore and John Connor equally because I saw a bunch of those movies at the same time. But if if I had seen you know, in order, I obviously would be a Sean Connery guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of Pierce Brosnan cause he was the one when I was growing up that was like what the, was coming out in theaters. So like golden, eye was like the thing in the game and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was very, yeah. Golden. I was, I, I got to see golden in the theater and I remember it just, ah, oh God, it's so good to be back because I wasn't, I didn't like the Dalton movies at all. Not at all. I liked, uh, I really liked the Daniel Craig ones too. Like once they switched over to him, I was like, oh, I won't like these. And then, but I watched it. I was like, okay, this is actually really good. Like this is like a super modern, like really cool version of James Bond. And I really liked it. So I can't wait for the new one whenever they decide to release it. It's been what, two years now. So 
I saw a one of the giant um, I saw one of the giant standups that's like a cardboard and it's like long like six feet tall and uh, it's had on it something like April 2020 as the date <laughs> <laughs> you know obviously it's coming up and they they left it out but uh, uh, it's just man it's just so it's just so weird how it's taken gonna take you know it's going to obviously but just taking things to get back to normal. I mean, there's going to be so many films that are coming out that have been, uh, that have been, uh, just in the can. Yeah. I, I don't know what I want to, I don't know what'll be my first thing back in theaters. I haven't gone yet. I used to not be a big theater guy. Uh, when I was dating my ex, she was a big theater goer. So we would go all the time and it kind of spoiled me. Cause like now, like the theater we would go to had like the nice stadium seating and like the reclining chairs and all that kind of stuff. And like <laughs> the, my, the ones over by me that are closer to me that aren't like 45 minutes away, uh, they have like these crappy seats that you feel like you're going to fall out of the entire time. Cause they're leaned forward. Cause they didn't put them in right. And like it, it, it's horrible. I hate the theater that's by me. So I don't know if I'll, if I'll jump back in if it'll be like a special thing. Cause like, I want to see black widow. I really want to see ghostbusters, but I heard that got put off again. And like, I think the first thing I might actually go see in theaters is Halloween kills if they actually keep the date for it. So I do love, um, I do love the theater. So I've, I've been, uh, uh, I'm excited to be able to start going back more. I, I was a movie pass guy. I, when I, I, I held off on movie pass for a while because I just, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way they can make money on this. It just doesn't make any sense. And Unfortunately, I turned out to be right on that, but I, I did get movie pass and I would just, you know, Hey, it's nine o'clock, nine 30 on a Thursday night. I'm going to go see three billboards in Ebbing, in, in Ebbing. And, uh, I'm going to go see arrival and I'm just, I would just go to see random movies that w- reviewed well, because I, 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 I actually do pay attention to reviews on movies because my big, uh, pet peeve is I hate wasting time. Mm-hmm. So I really hate, I hate to waste time on, on something that's going to be, that's going to be bad. If I, if I know I'm like, you know, a good aggregate is if I know I'm going to, there's a good chance I'm going to dislike it. I'm probably just never going to watch it because there's, I've got, I've got lists of movies. I've got Netflix, Amazon prime, Hulu, and plenty of DVDs. That, and there's so much I have not seen yet. I just hate to waste any sort of time. I don't know. I'm, I'm 50, 50 on, on like trusting reviewers. Cause sometimes like they'll review something like real bad and it's like, there's no way it's that bad. And like, it, it all depends though. If it's something I'm really interested in, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Like I really loved the alien films. So when Prometheus came out, I was like, oh, I got to check this out. So I went and saw it in 3d. I think it was probably my second ever 3d film. And, uh, I thought it was okay. And then like, they did covenant and i was like okay i'm excited for this and like look they can't be bad because it's you know it's alien like they're they're we're doing alien stuff and i thought covenant sucked i thought it was horrible i hated all the characters oh i was i hated hang up right now (laughs) we have we have legitimate heat now i wanted to like it man i wanted to so much and then like for the fact that that got made and not the other uh movie that was supposed to get made by the guy that did uh Oh, oh, who's what's the guy that did the other one? Um, uh, there was like all these like sketches and stuff that came out about it. It was supposed to bring Michael Bain back and it was supposed to bring uh, Sigourney Weaver back. Well, you're not talking about the, uh, you're not talking about the, uh, 
the Alien Three script that never got made, are you? No, because there, there was there was uh, other versions of Alien, the Alien Three script. No, this was supposed to retcon three and four. Uh, it was actually supposed to, and they decided to do the Prometheus ones instead. It was supposed to see if there was still interest, and they did that the first Prometheus, and then they followed up with the uh, the sequel, and then they and that and I think it, it didn't do well enough, and they just like kind of canceled it because it was supposed to get. I'm trying to think who the guy was that was supposed to do it. I'm looking it up now because it was. Um, now see, I do like I and I did like the concept. I did like Alien Three. However, I have not seen it in. I saw that movie in the theater, so that's how old I am. Uh, I have not seen it in you know forever. I know I have it on DVD, so I, you may be inspiring me to rewatch it. I uh, and see if and see if I hate it or not. Three, I always thought was was interesting. I hated the fact that they they did away. Oh, it was Neil uh, Blomkamp. He was supposed to do it. Oh yeah, he did uh, District Nine, right? Yes, yeah, that was the movie I was thinking of. He was supposed to do it, and they had all these great sketches and all the stuff, and like he was like they were in pre-production, and then like Ridley Scott was like, "No, I want to do Prometheus. It's a prequel to Alien," and then like they just stopped that and did that. And I was like, "Why? Why would you do that? Why couldn't you do both? Oh, why couldn't? It's like the 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 end of Trading Places. Why not both? <laughs> oh God." Yeah, and I, I'm no. still salty about that, and I think that's why I didn't care. Like, I thought Prometheus was okay, and I thought, I, like, because it was a prequel, it was what it was. Like, so it was cool to see like certain stuff like before you know it, it became Alien, but like the Xenomorphs and stuff. But like then in the in, in Covenant, I just the characters made me very very angry for like they just made me very angry. I think that's what it was. Like, I hated all the characters. I didn't care about any of them, so I wanted them all to die. <laughs> so that's i I did like i i did like covenant i saw it on a i think came out like memorial day weekend or uh i I saw it early like a 10 a.m show came out went to lunch and i'm like this should be my retirement i should be able to get to go see movies and come out and it's still the rest of the day (laughs) and uh uh, and uh, i i i am a big alien movie fan i've got a big collection of comics um there's a new alien comic for marvel out but i just bought a uh, omnibus of a lot of early dark horse stuff mm-hmm. that i need to begin making my way through i actually found a number one issue of the f- the first uh aliens that they did uh from dark horse and it was like bagged and boarded at my comic shop and it was like super cheap so i picked it up and i still have it to this day i think i got it like 10 years ago because i just I, i've always well, liked like them. a like a blue cover or uh yeah i think i I think i know exactly what you're talking about um yeah i'm a i'm a nerd Uh, i still i still go to the comic book shop and and uh buy comics so i'm i'm a total nerd i I don't buy i'm picking up single issues anymore i usually buy like the the i'll buy collected editions usually uh when i do buy something if something interests me but i haven't bought anything in a while i I don't know. It's between podcasting and like trying to keep up on like other wrestling stuff. Like wrestling takes up most of my time now. I don't, I don't jump too much into other stuff. Cause like I tried to collect other stuff too. And it just, it, it's hard to try to, my, my wallet's not that big to try to do everything I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand that. I completely understand. That. I mean, the biggest, the biggest factor I have is just, it comes down to time. Whether I've got time to watch, uh, do I have time to watch movies? Do I have time to read? And it's always parceling out. So sometimes I have a real difficult choice of what to actually 
what I actually want to do because, you know, if it's, I have that where, um, like that complex where it's like, I'm not just doing something. It's like, well, what else could I be doing? You know, if I'm watching something on television, what am I not watching? What's on the other channel? (laughs) Yeah. I just, there's so much to do anymore. Like I, sometimes I just get so overwhelmed. I just end up turning everything off and going to bed. Cause I'm just like, I can't, I can't choose. <laughs> we're very spoiled. I mean, we're very spoiled, which is a, a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing, uh, when I was looking through all my stuff, uh, the, like, cause I wanted to talk about movies and stuff. Uh, one of your tweets, which is probably one of my favorite tweets I've ever seen was referring to die hard as John McClane saves Christmas. And, uh, there's this huge argument going that's still been going to this day about is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is it a holiday film? Uh, so we always argue about that. But I think from now on, I'm just going to call the first one John McClane saves Christmas because I, I really that's I mean, that's really what he does for his family. So I really and can't. Then he that. does it a year later. Yeah, he does. It, he does it a year later. And die, with, with Die Hard 2, Die Hard 2, Die Harder. So I didn't Which, obviously I think that came out when I was born. Uh, in 86, I want to say so. Oh, no. The The first one was it was the first one in 80s. First one came out. It was like 88, 89 or 90. Wasn't it? Maybe 88, 88. You're I just right. know. I feel yeah. And the second one was know 90. that I feel real old now. <laughs> so I, I obviously wasn't old enough to watch that film when it came out. But uh, about two years ago, three years ago now, uh, they did a um promotion where they were running like some of the other stuff um like they i think it was like a amc classics or something and they would have like uh different movies and one of them was die hard so i got to go see it during christmas uh which i thought was really cool to actually be able to see it on the big screen after watching it on regular tv for so many years uh to be able to see it on the big screen and and that felt like it was a lot longer than i remembered like sitting there watching it i'm like holy crap this movie's really really long yeah, Die Hard. Die Hard is a two-plus-hour movie. He's, it's it. It takes a while. Yeah, I totally like it. It didn't dawn on me, and then we went to go see it, and I was sitting there the whole movie. I'm like, holy crap, this is a really long film. We haven't even gotten to this part yet. Holy crap! But uh, yeah, <laughs> I really I love those films. Um, I, the one that was real big when I was really starting to get into action movies and stuff was three. So I think that might have even been the first one I saw, possibly. And then I went back and watched the other ones because I was like, oh, there's other ones. And uh, just like Crocodile Dundee, I never knew there was a sequel to that until like my friends rented it at the library one day. And they're like, yeah, we're going to watch a second one. I'm like, there's a second one. And I was I was in all my glory that day because I'd watched the first one like ad nauseum. Like my parents, like between that and Ninja Turtles, like a couple of these other films, Batman, the first Batman I, that's I, I would watch these things over and over again and like obviously i didn't understand some of the jokes in crocodile dundee <laughs> but uh <laughs> older getting older now and watching them again i'm like oh that's what that meant all right i didn't know the guy was doing coke i didn't know and he didn't know either so <laughs> i um i uh i saw the original batman in the theater that was uh a movie i got i think they released that I th- I think the video cassette got released for for you know videotapes back in the day were like ninety or a hundred bucks mm-hmm. um, because of the, because the market wasn't there really until like uh, the Suncoast video and then a little bit later with DVDs for at home because the market was uh, to sell to the stores that would rent them to you right um, you know the for the for the rental market so uh, but Batman I think was 
cheap because I had an original copy that was not a dub. I remember having an original yeah, well, Ninja Turtles because my mom, I think she rented it and then she hit it and claimed that I lost it so that my dad had to pay for it. And then I got to keep it. <laughs> oh, what a, what a worker. So let's kind of transition over to some wrestling here. We've been talking for about 40 minutes about movies. So, um, I was told to ask you about NWA wild side. So I didn't know what that meant. Oh at my first. gosh. Yeah. Uh, so Dom, Dom Greeny told me to ask you, so I didn't know what that meant. So I looked <laughs> up your cage match and I started going back through and you're the first person I've actually interviewed that had a match with AJ styles. Yes, that was a not long. That was not long. Maybe a couple, maybe a month or two after NWA TNA had started with their weekly pay-per-views and such. So that was becoming a thing. And AJ was already a star to everybody who was around him and knew him. And he was, he was that guy who was obviously always going to make it someday. And on uh, probably like a Monday or Tuesday of the week before show, I got an email from Bill Barron's just, Hey, you know, I'm good to go for Saturday and stuff. It's like, okay, I got you with AJ. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, you know, because AJ certainly of course would, would continue to, to grow. And now he's one of the biggest stars in wrestling. But even at the time it was like, Oh my God, I've got, I've, you know, even though I knew it's going to go probably six or seven minutes, uh, it's just like, Holy crap, I'm going to wrestle AJ. And he was not nearly as, as, uh, big a deal as he was, uh, now. And it's, it's very flattering that I've had promoters who think I should, uh, who think that I should be in with just some amazing world-class talent. I mean, I got to wrestle so many, so many guys who are, who got contracts, uh, who had previously had contracts are still in the business today as agents or trainers. And it's, it's very, it's very flattering to have thought of that. Um, NWA wild side. I still, Started, I had a tryout match, and then my first real show was December 2000, and I was there on and off again until the end uh, in uh, the early part of 2005. Wow. That's, uh, I remember like hearing about different companies, like when uh, AJ Styles started first popping up, and like, uh, you know, Wildside being one of them, and like, I didn't really have access to anything back then to be able to watch it. Like I know they have some stuff up on IWTV uh, now, and I think we watched an episode and it was just, it was very interesting to watch. And uh, a lot of guys in, in t-shirts and uh, jeans in the one episode we watched, I think there's only like one guy in actually <laughs> in actual wrestling gear in the one episode that we watched. So it was a very interesting time. It was, it was, it was revolutionary TV show for independent wrestling that it uh i'm i'm biased of course um but i think that it deserved to be seen by a lot more people uh, it had a lot of great stuff some of it didn't age well whether it's uh the in-ring generally does age well but you know there was some some storylines and angles that you know don't look as good reflected but uh back today but i think that's true with that's true with uh any sort of pop culture medium you know when you look back 20 years later um and uh but it was very cutting edge it was very much a show aimed for 
an adult audience. This was not kiddie sports entertainment. <laughs> when you have Jeff G. Bailey cutting a promo, you're getting Jeff G. Bailey reigning holy hell down and ensuring that you want to see whatever match his client is in. Cool thing about those two on IWTV is they still have the commercials in from that time. So <laughs> I remember there was like a, that, that's what I call music that was in there. And like, it was, it was a blast from the past to watch. I was like, holy crap. I remember all these. It's, um, it's, uh, I think NWA wild time. Yes, it's on IWTV. I think a lot of it is, you know, it's, it's not the best film quality, but this is, you know, some of it's over 20 years old and it was done on tape. It's not digital and you always are going to have lighting issues, but as far as as far as quality of what they had to work with storylines seeing you know being seen through to completion it's it's really they're really great shows uh the other thing that i had noted here before uh, we get into this week's shows because i'm sure you want to talk about those a little bit here um i had a question from uh one of our listeners dalton he wanted to know if you had any plans to bring in any talent from Valdosta, maybe I'm probably spelling it or saying it really wrong, uh, but that's where he lives. Val, oh Valdosta, Georgia. Yeah, Valdosta. Um, he specifically mentions "Hold My Beer," Hanson, and Southern Strong Style immediately come to mind. Okay, uh, "Hold My Beer," Hanson. Uh, I've met. He works uh, a show that's about an hour away from us. Um, I don't think he's quite a fit now, but I have met him and conversed with him. He's he seems like a nice nice guy. Southern Strong Style actually did a show uh, a uh, couple shows ago in April. I started doing tapings because we had a lot of talent. Uh, Bobby Flacco is probably my most important wrestler uh, for what he does in a non wrestling capacity and helping me out logistically. Mm -hmm. He gets a lot of talent um, and to uh, help set up from the WWA four school. He's always talking us up and you know, it's, it's, it's really isn't uh, the best way to get into a promotion to show face and help set up. And we started doing something called uh, I called next up. We've uh, the last two shows we've taped some of the pre-show matches because we had uh, several months ago, we had just so many, kids there we got set up at like two o'clock and i was like bobby do these guys bring their gear so so uh we got them in their gear and ran some tryout matches and gave critiques and it kind of evolved to where we're taping them and putting them on iwtv but to make a short story super super long southern strong style had been in touch they came in in may and uh worked for us and it's you know basically a tryout match and it's on Next up, number two on the Action Channel on IWTV, okay. and uh, they had a nice look. They had really nice character. Um, so I, I would, uh, uh, I, my general response or to to a question like that is I'm very stacked up on talent, which is true, but I'm always trying to keep an eye on the uh, the local scene, and those are guys I'm uh, uh, definitely keeping in touch with. Right on. Uh, I'm sure that'll that'll. Uh, you know that, that's uh, kind of what i was figuring i know you guys have so much good talent there and like that's what really actually drew me into watching you guys like once i noticed dom was there and uh that kind of stuff so like i was starting watching people and like seeing like alex kane really like popped out to me uh, his match with dom 
and just some of the tag matches and stuff I've seen. I really enjoyed a lot of the talent and like getting to watch those and getting people into to watching those on a Friday night when we didn't have anything else to do. I got a whole group of people to watch and they were really impressed with what they saw. So I was like, this is like, you know, there's, there's other stuff out there besides just like our normal uh, handful of promotions. And, uh, the pandemic really taught me to start looking around and finding stuff that I really enjoyed. And like, I've, I've spoken so highly of you guys for so long. I've really enjoyed, uh, working with you, uh, sponsoring stuff and then like being able to, uh, just watch these shows are just, they're so good. Like they're so entertaining and they're, they flow real well and, uh, they're easy to watch. It's, it's good stuff. It's like one of our favorite things when we get a, uh, time to review some action wrestling, it's always a, a treat. Well, I appreciate that. I, I like, you know, I like when people want to take a shot and, you know, we're on the, on the scene, we're still young. We've only had three years in, but I've tried to be very strategic, uh, and build, organically um i tried not to not to hot shot or do too much um just but but be strategic we took a big shot in april with uh have fun be sad of of course i know you're familiar with that show where we had that we had in tampa and Mm -hmm. that was a a nice that was a nice coming out party we got to do some unique matches because so many people were there um in in town and we got to do you know having a having violences forever versus fin juice was just like a holy crap are, are we actually going to be able to do this type match um but thank you for the support it's it's the tough the tough part is is there there are so many good wrestlers i get hit up almost every other day by someone that's like hey you know why aren't you using me why not this why not this is like look this is not a reflection of your talent but I, I I can't run you know forty match shows right because and uh, and that's what that's one of the reasons I I'm happy to be doing like I just talked about the next up stuff because it's like all right some of the young kids who aren't ready for a spot yet or you know are still in training I get to look at them and as it goes from month to month I'll be able to see their progress uh, we have some wrestlers that uh, will hang out and watch. Uh, uh, O'Shea Edwards, he had left a ring of honor TV taping and was here and he's watching some of the matches. And, you know, he was just at ring of honor television where every single one of these guys, uh, would aspire to be. And he's giving thoughts after each match. Um, in, uh, May we were going live and we did an next up taping and Kevin Koo was there. And, uh, you know, once the last match was done, I've, I've got stuff to do because I actually, was the one who held the camera and did it all myself. And Koo was held court for about 10 minutes giving advice. And it's like, that's, that's really, that's stuff I'm really happy that we can do because I could only have so many matches. Um, and there's going to be people now, especially with opening back up, there's going to be people who it's like, Oh, you slept on me. It's like, well, no, I didn't sleep on you. I just, there was just nothing for you. And that's, I, I know I'm going to miss out on people. Mm-hmm. I've had wrestlers that I, that I pushed who, uh, or, you know, I, I gave something to, and it didn't really work out for multiple reasons. And, uh, then there's wrestlers who I didn't really, um, uh, I didn't really give enough to, and I really should have. And, uh, this is going to sound dumb, but I really like it when wrestlers make me look, um, make me look stupid because they excel i mean i I really actually i really like that because i'm not just saying it when i say that i'm i'm rooting for everybody 
you know, I'm, I'm rooting for all these wrestlers. I want, I, I want them. I, I want them all to sign contracts. I try to be as honest with them all as possible. And it's like, look, I, I want you to get a deal. I want you to get a spot on, on a TV show, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, Alex Kane just signed with MLW and I knew that was coming because he told me that they offered him and we, we talked about it and it's like, and it's like, you know, this is, you know, I want you to be able to be on TV because I, I, I think you deserve, uh, to, uh, to be considered that way. So, yeah, I love being able to uh, watch shows and, and, and see somebody go, oh, that person's going to be, is, is going to do something like, uh, it's really cool to be able to see them in these early stages. And then like, sometimes they're, they're really right on that cusp. And sometimes it's, you know, maybe six months or a year away from them doing something real big, but like, it's cool to be able to watch them and see them grow and then be like, I remember when they were doing this, like getting to see them now. It's, it's so cool. It's very, uh, it's very rewarding. I think, uh, you know, I have, um, uh, you know, I have, I, I won't mention names, but I have multiple wrestlers. If you look back on the shows who've got contracts now and are working on television and that's, that's fantastic. You know, if you were to add in the scenic city invitational, which I'm, uh, one of the bookers for, then you could add even more names to that list. And that's what I want. Uh, I'm actually not in the wrestling business to make money, which of course is a joke because nobody's really making that much money in wrestling, but the, the, uh, kind of being a place that can be seen as a pathway out of the South. Um, like there's wrestlers who've been on my shows since we started back from the pandemic in September, they've, they've done well here. They've made connections because I booked talent from out of state. They've gotten onto the other promotions. They've looked good. That opens more doors and, you know, as opposed to just being somebody who wrestles, um, an hour and a half away from where you live in Georgia, there's plenty of those local veterans who've been around for 10 or 15 years, but they're not really veterans. They're just wrestlers who've been around a long time and they don't really have much to give and they're old and bitter and they never traveled. Um, you know, I want any talent, uh, to be able to take advantage of, the platform that we're giving them and to be able to push themselves out there and, you know, just doing a show for action can open up doors. I mean, we have kind of our little family of promotions with action wrestling, uh, with Southern underground pro with TWE and Chattanooga and tying on them all together. We have the scenic scene invitational. So, you know, getting into our circuit means you're seen by a lot more people. You know, we have other friend promotions, uh, with new South and Alabama, who's they've got the action class show that's on eight o'clock Eastern on IWTV on Tuesday nights. You know, uh, we, we've got friends with paradigm pro they're doing different and unique stuff with no hook UWFI, you know, so when you get seen out by and doing well at one place, you can be seen at a lot of other places, or you can be somebody who just stays around uh, around your local area and never does anything, complains about the other people who do. <laughs> but um, uh, but there probably was a point there that I lost along the way. Uh, I get very bad at that. No man, I, I'm totally <laughs> but, agreeing with what you're talking about. So yeah, it's it it's definitely one of those things. Like I, I love seeing like uh, our Cleveland talent come down and interact with guys in action and and uh, you know be able to do 
uh, action clash and all that kind of stuff. It's so cool to, to be able to see like Josh Bishop come down and, and do different stuff. And uh, I've really missed Southern underground pro and I'm hoping, you know, that they're they're They might do something here again soon and kind of get back to running shows. Cause they're, they're one of my all time favorites. Uh, they actually are the reason why I signed up for IWTV in the first place. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy I found all these different companies cause there's, there's so much talent out there and I love seeing all these people grow and do different things. And, uh, you know, Alex Kane is definitely one of my favorites that like I knew when I saw him against Dom, I was like, okay, this guy's awesome. And then I seen him a couple other places and then I was like, okay, I'm going to interview him. And he was like one of my first interviews I ever did. Uh, and I was, it was probably one of my favorites I've done. I, uh, he was great. And, uh, I finally got to actually meet him in person at paradigm a couple weeks ago. So that was really nice. Oh, and, good. And, uh, oh yeah, you were, I, yeah, you, I saw you, you had the shirt on in the front row. So I knew you were there. Yep. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. That's, that's my, my new we thing did, is we did talk about that. Any show I go to, I, I wear my shirt now. Uh, one of, one of those things, I don't know. I, I, I might stop that after, uh, this last AIW show, just change it up to something else, but it's free promotion. It's, Why not? It's a know? good, <laughs> it, but it is, it's a promotion. It's a good identifier. Cause, uh, you know, if I were to see you at a show and not realize you're there, I probably may just be like, Hey, have we been tweeting? <laughs> um, yeah, it, Alex Kane is one of the guys I'm very proud of. He came he, uh, to us through the uh, Scenic City Futures event. He was working a couple promotions, uh, a couple small promotions. And uh, Scott Hensley, the uh, he's the SCI promoter, and uh, we we booked together uh, along with Jade Newman. Uh, he knew of and was a, was fond of Alex Kane and was like, Hey, let's bring him in. And I didn't know anything about him. He got a spot at our future showcase in, uh, October 3rd last year. Hey, had one match did well and, uh, all right, let's get you into action. And he did well. <laughs> he did real well. He had a nice, uh, like two and a half minute match with Damian Tanger. And that basically got them both jobs. Yeah, Damian Tanger is another one that I'm starting to see a lot more of, and I'm really excited for him because uh, at first I'm like, oh, you know, I wonder what this guy's about and seeing some of his stuff. And then uh, his Southern Underground Pro matches really made me a big fan of him. And I'm like, okay. I was like, I, I like watching his stuff now. And uh, it, it, I mean, there's so many people like anymore that it's really hard to keep track of like all the different people I, I enjoy watching. And like if I, if I try to watch everything that they're on, because there's so much now. Cause it's really starting to pick back up. It's like, it's, it's tiring trying to, to watch every single thing. But I, if I hear something's really good, I try to go watch it now, but I don't, I don't pressure myself to watch every little thing now for everybody. Cause there's, there's so many talented guys that I enjoy. There is. And there's, there's, there's a lot of content out there. I try to pick and choose, uh, as best that I can. Um, but, uh, Damien's Damien's, uh, and Damien's got a, a big match coming up. Um, uh, Damien's one of those, um, good kids. He's got a big match coming up at, uh, TWE the night before scenic city starts and it's going to be with Daniel Maccabe. Oh, wow. That's going to be good. And, uh, you know, Damien, somebody who, who got in the old fashioned way. He, he was a AR Fox student. He, he showed up to some shows. Hey, can I help out? Okay. And then uh, it's like, all right, well, I, I gave him a look and a scramble, booked him on Futures in 2019, the year that Maccabe won SCI. Uh, after the pandemic, uh, we were able to run again. He started coming back in again. He never asked to be booked, 
never said, I've got my gear. He just showed up to help. He showed up to help. And it's like, all right, well, if you're going to be there next time, I got something for you. And, you know, he's, he's made me look like, uh, I, I, I tell all my wrestlers, just make me look like a really smart booker. Um, (laughs) Dylan Hales and I book action wrestling and we try to give opportunities to make stars and for people to shine. And if they can, if they can make me look good as a booker, then that's the best compliment I think that I can actually give them because they're rewarding, they're rewarding faith in them. It's not always going to work out, but we've, uh, when we've had to have guesswork, it's we've, we've guessed right more than we've guessed wrong. Right on. So what can we look and, forward uh, to and, this Friday? Uh, well, this Friday, I, you, uh, I wanted to fall back because, uh, you know, you talked about Josh Bishop and we had, uh, Wes Barkley and Josh Bishop, uh, rip city was in yes. action in, in May and impressed. So I believe that they'll probably be back, uh, if they'd like to be. And I, I, th- I think so. Um, I, I enjoyed having, uh, them, uh, I will give you, um, you know, unfortunately as we, as we talk, you know, the news came out that Dom is going to be taking some time off for some injury. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I, I won't go go into anything more on that, but uh, I'll just say Dom was going to be driving down, and we uh, we still do have his car. So uh, I'll give you the scoop that we will be probably announcing their matches on Monday, which I'm not sure if this will drop by then. But we'll have the Bitcoin Boys and Arthur MacArthur debuting for us in action. Oh, nice! Yeah, this should drop uh, Monday night. So that's awesome. That is exciting. There, uh, I, I saw the I saw the Bitcoin Boys in uh, one of their sub matches. Really like their talent and potential. Uh, Arthur MacArthur, I saw in uh, I'm, I can't recall the name of it. The uh, Gauntlet, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the giant Gauntlet, like forty five <laughs> minute Gauntlet that yes. they they like the in- Incarnation Gauntlet. I can yes. never remember the name of it, but um, uh, and I liked him too. So it's uh, they were they were going to be coming down for that weekend with dom and when he talked to me he's like do me a favor just don't unbook my kids and i said if they still want to come they're still booked um you know because dom's you know a teacher and with things being a little bit more open he's been wanting to drive down and get some of his talent some more spots Mm -hmm. and we have good working relationships with twe and new south and they often run saturdays it's usually going to be one or the other after a uh, Friday show. So they've been able to get, come down have a couple shows and, and it works out well for everyone. Yeah. Bitcoin boys are, uh, they're, they're a special talent. I really love them. They're a great tag team. And Arthur MacArthur is, is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, we, we tease him a lot on some of the podcasts I'm on, but he is, he's an awesome guy and, uh, I, I just love him to death. So I'm very excited for them to, to get a chance down there. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm not ready to, the card of course, uh, should be out and dropped, but, uh, with some, I've had some, uh, talent issues, of course, you know, trying to, to just, just figure everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dom was going to be facing, uh, the gosh, I think he's a fourth generation star, maybe, uh, Brogan Finley. Oh, and, wow. um, I'm, I'm going to be dropping everything Monday night. So it may be out by the time anybody's listening cool. uh, to drop the rest for the June 25th card. I do see, uh, Logan Creed and Eric Royal, uh, for the action title. Is that still happening? 
Yes, it is. Uh, that's a match we built up to. And if you watched the May show, uh, Logan Creed and Josh Bishop, uh, they had a nice match. And after the match, uh, ring announcer Scott Hensley announced that in June, Logan Creed would be challenging Eric Royal for the action championship. And that was real. Logan didn't, uh, Logan did not know. We did not tell Logan that we were going to be announcing that at all. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go ahead when I can and get a legitimate reaction. And, you know, he was like, he, he had a legit reaction. Logan, somebody we hadn't run any angles for. We just were doing matches and he was on a win streak and we made what we were doing is, uh, we were making the crowd say, Hey, when is he going to get a title shot? So I had, of course, had to ask, uh, I had to ask people to, uh, or kayfabe people like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's, he is pretty good and, you know, this and that. And of course, well, it's like, well, I can't tell anybody until, cause we're announcing it in May. So, um, so it's, it's always, it's always interesting. I, I try to keep, um, I do try to keep things as close to the vest as possible. Uh, just because you, you know, you never know when plans may change. And if I can give somebody a legitimate reaction, uh, if I can have somebody legitimately, legitimately react to something in the moment, like I did in that moment with, uh, with Logan Creed, where he found out the title match, cause he wants to work with Eric and, um, you know, we, he, he's been wrestling here since November and we hadn't run the angles for him and he's gotten over organically cause we weren't, we weren't doing much. Um, but that was by, that was by design. You know, you, you can't just give everybody a angle to heat them or a story to heat them up right away. Right. You know, it's kind of, that was, that was kind of like a, uh, kind of like a slow burn thing. That's, uh, one of the, like with AIW, like they like to do like these, these, uh, slow burn angles and a lot of that kind of stuff. So like, I like seeing that kind of stuff in wrestling and it's like, I can pick up on, I'm like, okay, like it may not be like a very apparent to some people, but how, how they do things in AIW, like I'll notice like, you know, certain things with other promotions. It's like, okay, this makes sense. Like, let's keep an eye on this and keep an eye on that. And, uh, I, I like, I like your booking style. I like, I like how things like kind of come about and like how angles happen and stuff like that. So everything like fits and makes sense. And I really enjoy that aspect. And I don't think enough promotions do that. Like some of them try really hard. And it's sometimes it'll work, but a lot of the time these companies, companies just put out matches just to put out matches. And it's like, give me a story. Give me something to, to make it more fun. Surprise me here and there. And AIW is always really good about that. And I've really enjoyed what you've been doing. So I, I look forward to, to see what happens. So thank you. I appreciate that. And, and anytime I think of, uh, I think of my matches, matches on my shows and spots is like, they're very valuable. Because, you know, even the the smallest spot on a show somebody else wants, it's a chance to I'm taking minutes in front of a live crowd and devoting them to certain talent. And I think of it every like every single scene in a television show or movie. I think of it as there's a purpose for everything, for every scene. And, you know, it's, it's not just a waste of time. There's a purpose. So it may not be apparent immediately what it is. You know, like in especially superhero shows um, like Marvel's been doing, you may see something and not really pick up on it. You may have uh, you may pick up on stuff and not realize till several movies later um, that what it what it was. Right. But, um, you know, and that's that's a I mean, that's just part of the storytelling. You 
you don't always know where, you know, there's can be things that change with talent over, over time. Um, we're finally now at a time where I feel comfortable booking further in advance because with COVID and things changing, um, so often I was only really booking show to show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't doing it very far in advance because, you know, if you, if you lose somebody, then it's like, well, you know, I would kind of try to keep things more open-ended. And now I have gone to, uh, gone on to trying to book further and further ahead. And I think I've got my show. Um, I think I've got my show list through 2021, um, finalized and, uh, and we'll see, I'm going to try to scoped out scope out some things throughout the rest of the year and um you know hopefully it'll um hopefully it'll continue to go well right i'm not i'm somebody i'm somebody who uh i don't like i don't like when promotions or or wrestlers you know over promise i don't like to say hey this is gonna be great this is gonna be revolutionary this is gonna be the best thing you've ever seen because if you give that to him it's like all right well you already said that you were i just like to promise it's gonna be a good show because i would rather just completely blow somebody away with uh, as much as possible with a uh, a mat with a match quality uh, with how exciting something was or you know it's a when you got a debuting talent it's like oh I didn't realize they were that good um, I'd always like to do to leave the crowd feeling that I undersold something rather than I than I uh, I was like oh, okay that delivered because you said it was going to be awesome and it was right on. I like the fact that, uh, too, with your commentary team, they do such a good job of, like, recapping the the storyline or explaining what's going on. So, like, if, if, you know, I jump into a show, and I think the one show we decided to watch the one time, like, had Adam Priest, and uh, he was kind of doing his deal with, like, being undefeated and, like, or, you know, something was an exhibition match because uh, he lost, that <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I love that, like, it, we jumped right in and we didn't feel lost because your 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 commentary team did such a good job with explaining what was going on and everything like that that kept the story. Like, even if you were a first-time viewer, you understood what was going on and what was at stake. And I think that's really unique, too, because not a lot of companies utilize their commentary team to do that kind of stuff. There's a handful but I think you have a really great team there that, that does a really excellent job. They're actually two of my favorites uh, that do commentary. So that's that's another reason why I enjoy watching is because they do such a good job with it that even if you know what's going on, they still they don't they don't dumb it down for anything. It's still you know you can just get it and and keep going or like they'll give you little tidbits here and there that, that fits in the pieces of the puzzle together. It's so good. I love it. Well, Dylan Hales and Moe's. Uh, I mean, Dylan works for IWTV. So, of course, he's watching everything. And Moe's does commentary for several promotions. Plus, he's a huge fan, so he's watching everything. Uh, so, uh, and they have the direction that anything that happens is fair game. So, like you just mentioned, Adam Priest. Well, the next show after uh, he won the New South tournament, the uh, their uh, Haas tournament, you know, that that's valid in our universe. Um, so, they can bring in other pieces that have happened at other shows and somebody who's watching a lot of different promotions, it all, uh, it all makes sense. It all follows and you're going to be rewarded because it's not, uh, it's not just like, all right, what happens on our shows only happens. Our shows, nothing else matters where it's just, uh, an isolated thing. But you know, if you watched 
if you watch SUP, for example, you would be rewarded watching our shows. If you watch uh, New South or AIW Paradigm, you know things that happen there. If if somebody wins a tournament at one promotion, uh, if somebody wins a tournament at, at uh, somebody wins the SCI, that that's valid here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of um, we we want fans to be rewarded who, who watch everything. And we want to, uh, to build off of what other wrestlers do, um, you know, what the wrestlers do in other places. Well, I, I really enjoy that. And I feel like there's some places where they'll, they'll mention stuff, but it doesn't really mean anything to, to the universe that they're in, in that promotion. But I feel like when they, when things are mentioned here, it always like, it makes sense and it fits because like everything, you know, takes place within a, that certain kind of like universe basically within the promotions and everything so it all kind of it fits really well with how they do things i i, just, I really enjoy it i think that it, it it's a smart move to have them do it the way they do and it's i it, like you said it is rewarding to be like okay well i i know this so maybe i'll go check this out if i hadn't seen it yet or if i had seen it i'm like okay yeah that that's yep these guys are on top of it. I don't feel smarter than the commentary team. And I feel like if you watch enough like wrestling, sometimes like the commentary team just plays it for like a casual fan. And it's like, I feel like smarter than them when they're trying to explain stuff. And it's like, come on guys, you could do so much better than this. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being an elitist or something, but like, I, I, sometimes I feel like that with some commentary teams and like, I, I just, I don't feel that way with your, with your team. I think they do such a good job. I think that's valid because there are, um, I don't want to, uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly not about to give any, uh, give any credit, but, uh, there are other promotions who are basically an Island unto themselves and their commentary team is going to treat it like that. And there's, there's some promotions where I just, you know, generally not anybody I, I know, but there's some promotions with commentators that I just, if, if I'm watching anything, I'll just put it on mute. Um, <laughs> heck i've got a there's a promotion uh not far away that be for some for certain reasons like if somebody were to send me a match it's like no send me a match from somewhere else i'm not watching that <laughs> i'm just i'm like I don't, I don't care what it is it's gonna literally annoy me so let's let's you know certainly have had a had good matches elsewhere right <laughs> all right well that was all my questions and everything i had uh is there anything you'd like to plug oh yeah let's uh let's go through some plugs so okay. I have um, uh, I have a show June 25th, Action Wrestling. Uh, it is going to be on IWTV hopefully the following week. Uh, all my content is on IWTV, including Have Fun, Be Sad, which was our show from WrestleMania week in Tampa that has uh, that had brave reviews with Violence is Forever versus Finn Juice, Daniel Macabe versus Eric Royal, JD Drake versus aj gray uh and and a lot more uh i've also we've also got the scenic city invitational coming up uh you can follow scenic city at sci tournament on twitter uh action wrestling is at wrestle w-r-e-s-t-l-e action and the number one uh i'm personally am at matt the mouth um after uh, June 25th, we're going to be looking for August 6th and 7th for our Scenic City Invitational and SCI Futures Showcase. Um, and uh, so we've got some we've got some good stuff ahead. And uh, I appreciate everyone's support. And we're on IWTV. And the best thing you can do is uh, watch on there, 
buy a shirt, tell a friend, and uh, support the product. Right on. I'll be sure to be doing all that again. Uh, I'll be very excited to see what comes out of uh, this Friday. Uh, as soon as those are available, I'm going to definitely throw those on. Can't wait. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the. Uh, I appreciate you watching. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right. Th- thank you so much for coming on and uh, chatting with me for a little bit tonight. Absolutely. Anytime. And I appreciate your support on a project that uh, I won't reveal just yet, <laughs> but that'll be revealed fri- Friday night at action. Very exciting. I'm very excited. <laughs> me too. Me too. Ba 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 